Welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. I'm your host, Reverend Robin. This podcast is a companion to my first one, which is A Course in Miracles for Regular People, where we read and discuss the text of A Course in Miracles. In this podcast, we read and discuss the daily workbook lessons that go with the course. I love these lessons and what they do for me, and I love to discuss them with others who are on their journey to atonement. There are several ways you can reach out to me if you'd like to chat. I'm on Twitter at ACIMFOR. I'm on Facebook at A Course in Miracles for Regular People. You can email me at ACIMDWLFRP. That's A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. ACIMDWLFRP at gmail.com or you can simply go to anchor.fm and leave a voice message. And while you're there, you can make a donation if you'd like to support this podcast. Good morning. Today is Key Lesson 72. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. Today's lesson is another key lesson. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. This is something that we don't normally think about. We hold a grievance or a grudge. We're upset about something and we don't let it go. How is this an attack on God's plan for salvation? Well, let's read on and learn. While we have recognized that the ego's plan for salvation is the opposite of God's, we have not yet emphasized that it is an active attack on God's plan and a deliberate attempt to destroy it. In the attack, God is assigned with attributes which are actually associated with the ego while the ego appears to take on the attributes of God. Wow. The ego's fundamental wish is to replace God. In fact, the ego is the physical embodiment of that wish. For it is that wish that seems to surround the mind with a body. Keeping it separate and alone, and unable to reach other minds except through the body that was made to imprison it. The limit on communication cannot be the best means to expand communication, yet the ego would have you believe that it is. Although the attempt to keep the limitations that a body would impose is obvious here, it is perhaps not so apparent why Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. But let us consider the kinds of things you are apt to hold grievances for. Are they not always associated with something a body does? A person says something you do not like. He does something that displeases you. He betrays his hostile thoughts in his behavior. As a man thinketh, so he becomes. 
You are not dealing here with what the person is. On the contrary, you are exclusively concerned with what he does in a body. You are doing more than failing to help in freeing him from the body's limitations. You are actively trying to hold him to it by confusing it, the body, with him, the person, and judging them as one. Herein is God attacked. For if his son is only a body, so must he be as well. A creator wholly unlike his creation is inconceivable. If God is a body, what must his plan for salvation be? What could it be but death? In trying to present himself as the author of life and not of death, he is a liar and a deceiver, full of false promises and offering illusions in place of truth. The body's apparent reality makes this view of God quite convincing. In fact, if the body were real, it would be difficult indeed to escape this conclusion. And every grievance that you hold insists that the body is real. It overlooks entirely what your brother is. It reinforces your belief that he is a body and condemns him for it. And it asserts that his salvation must be death. That we can't be free until the body dies. Projecting this attack onto God and holding him responsible for it. God, you created me as a body. The only way I can be free is for the body to die. God, that's not fair. To this carefully prepared arena, where angry animals seek for prey and mercy cannot enter, the ego comes to save you. God made you a body. Very well. Let us accept this and be glad. As a body, do not let yourself be deprived of what the body offers. Take the little you can get. God gave you nothing. The body is your only savior. It is the death of God and your salvation. This is the universal belief of the world you see. Some hate the body and try to hurt and humiliate it. Others love the body and try to glorify and exalt it. But while the body stands at the center of your concept of yourself, you are attacking God's plan for salvation and holding your grievances against him and his creation that you may not hear the voice of truth and welcome it as a friend. Your chosen savior takes his place instead. It is your friend. He, God, is your enemy. We will try today to stop these senseless attacks on salvation. We will try to welcome salvation instead. Your upside-down perception has been ruinous to your peace of mind. You have seen yourself in a body and the truth outside you somewhere, locked away from your awareness by the body's limitations. Now, we are going to try to see this differently. The light of truth is in us where it was placed by God. 
It is the body that is outside us and not our concern. To be without a body is to be in our natural state. To recognize the light of truth in us is to recognize ourselves as we are. To see ourselves as separate from the body is to end the attack on God's plan for salvation and to accept God's plan instead. And wherever his plan is accepted, it is accomplished already. When we accept that our self, capital S, is separate from the body, salvation is accomplished. Our goal in the longer practice periods today is to become aware that God's plan for salvation has already been accomplished in us. To achieve this goal, we must replace attack with acceptance. As long as we attack it, we cannot understand what God's plan is for us. We are therefore attacking what we do not recognize. Now we are going to try to lay judgment aside and ask what God's plan for us is. Say, What is salvation, Father? I do not know. Tell me that I may understand. Then we will wait in quiet for his answer. We have attacked God's plan for salvation without waiting to hear what it is. We have shouted our grievances so loudly that we have not listened to his voice. We have used our grievances to close our eyes and stop our ears. Now we would see and hear and learn. What is salvation, Father? Ask and you will be answered. Seek and you will find. We are no longer asking the ego what salvation is and where to find it. We are asking that question of truth. Be certain, then, that the answer will be true because of whom you ask. Whenever you feel your confidence wane and your hope of success flicker and go out, repeat your question and your request. Remembering that you are asking of the infinite creator of infinity who created you like himself. What is salvation, Father? I do not know. Tell me that I may understand. He will answer. Be determined to hear. One or perhaps two shorter practice periods per hour will be enough for today. Since they will be somewhat longer than usual, these exercises should begin with this. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. Let me accept God's plan for salvation instead. What is salvation, Father? Then wait a minute or so in silence, preferably with your eyes closed, and listen. Listen.
for his answer. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. For the longer practice periods, ask, What is salvation, Father? I do not know. Tell me that I may understand. And sit with your eyes closed, if you can, for 10 or 15 minutes and wait in quiet for the answer. What is salvation, Father? I do not know. Tell me that I may understand. For the shorter practice periods, begin with this. Holding grievances is an attack on God's plan for salvation. Let me accept God's plan for salvation instead. What is salvation, Father? Today, I wish you a day of answers. Many blessings. Namaste.